Logan. It is the best band on the face of the earth. My absolute favorite right now. I love them and I listen to them every day, every car ride, all the time. The best. Okay. I get to talk to you guys about something very exciting and very applicable for you. Um, especially with outreach, but in all aspects of your life. I'm going to talk to you about communicating the gospel. It doesn't sound very hard, does it? Like, okay, so I just tell someone about Jesus, right? But um, I know from experience that it's not easy. Um, a lot of times our fears get in the way, and we don't say what we need to say, or we really just don't know what to say. We don't know how to approach it. We don't know how to bring it up. When the conversation comes up, we're really not sure what angle to take or how to turn it into a positive conversation, and um, things kind of fall apart on us, and we don't really get anywhere. Um, last night, during our prayer session, um, the, prayer, the session talked about prayer, when Shelby was talking about prayer, um, she talked about how vital the Holy Spirit is. And I want to tell you this, when you're going to witness to someone, the only thing you need is the Holy Spirit. In fact, you will never be successful in witnessing without the Holy Spirit. I've tried it, and I've failed many times. Um, when I was in high school, I was really gung-ho about telling people about Jesus, and a lot of times I wouldn't pray before I, in the beginning of my day. I wouldn't pray before I did anything, and conversations would come up, and my natural response was to get defensive and to get into arguments and fights with people about Jesus instead of effectively telling them what he's done for them. And um, things have changed since then. Um, every morning before I leave my house, I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide my steps and that he'll give me the words to say throughout my entire day, no matter who I come in contact with. And I can tell you that I've never gotten to an argument about, with someone about Jesus Christ since that day. I've had plenty of conversations, plenty of opportunities where I've got to tell someone about Jesus, but they've ne never turned into a fight. I've never had to be defensive. Um, I know what I believe. I'm secure in my beliefs, and I'm secure in my relationship with Jesus. And so when I have a conversation with someone, whether they're coming at an angle of a different religion or they're coming at an angle that they hate God, they don't want anything to do with God, I have confidence um, because I know the gospel. And I know what the gospel has done in my own life to be able to have a conversation with them and effectively communicate what Jesus Christ has done in them. And I want to teach you those things today. There's... Um, a few little tools that I have. Um, other than that, I got a lot of words. <laughs> so, um, Kate, if you can come up here. I have an outline for you. Not really an outline. You don't have to take notes on this if you don't want to. Um, it's a lot of what I'm going to talk to you about today, but there's a lot of resources and tools on here that I'm going to really hit hard and really talk to you guys about, and I want you guys to have them to take home and um, <laughs> to be able to refer to later because it's really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Um, some of the stuff I've taken from Fusion, um, I, IVCC, a bunch of your leaders in CYM also work on the college campus in Fusion, and Fusion is all about reaching your campus, um, communicating who Jesus is to them, and seeing them come into a relationship with Jesus. So a lot of the resources that I'm giving you are from Fusion material because it works. Um, okay, jumping right in. Um, the last words that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven, the, thing, the very last thing that he said to the disciples were, go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to do everything I have told you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. Our calling is to make disciples. 
um, we waste a lot of time wondering what God has called us to do. In fact, we spend hours through our teen years praying, God, what is your will for my life? What is it that you've called me to do? What was I created for? And I want you to stop wondering right now because the answer is found in the scripture verse. You and I were all called to make disciples, every single one of us. When we accept Christ as our Savior, it becomes our job to... Um, wow, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> it becomes our job to communicate that to someone else and to make disciples. Um, no matter what job, career, ministry, anything that you could get involved in the rest of your life, if you're a believer, is going to be circled around making disciples. It's your central calling. For all of us as believers, your central calling is to make disciples. I don't care if you work at McDonald's or if you're a head pastor of a church. Your job is to make disciples. You make that burger the best that you can and you make disciples. You teach the truth the best that you can and you make disciples. That's what you're called to be. It's what you're called to do. Um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray about what God wants you to do. Because God does have specific things that he's planned for your life. Specific things that he wants you to do. But you don't have to worry about those things. You don't have to worry about what step to take next or what to do next. Because if you're in alignment with God's word, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you giving you direction, he's going to tell you what step to take next. He's going to guide you in the right direction next. He'll, he'll let you know when you need to move on in your life or when you need to take a next step. But what I want you guys to focus on tonight is your calling is to make disciples. This morning. It's not tonight. Have I said that a lot? Because I think I have. It's this morning. Okay, anyways. Um, like I said, every believer's central call is to make disciples. Um, every gift that God has given us, this is really cool too. I want you to think about all the gifts that God has given you. All the things you're good at. All your talents, all your abilities. Every single one of them. Think of them right now in your head. Now, I want you to think of your gifts and your talents and your abilities and the things that you're good at. Instead of things that you enjoy to do or things that you're just good at, I want you to think of them as tools and resources. God gave you those tools and gave you those resources to put you in a place where you're going to be able to um, come in contact with the right people. So you can come in contact with your spheres of influence. There's this thing that we call spheres of influence. They're the areas in your life that you're interested in. What are your passions? What are the things you love to do? Um, in college, my sphere of influence is nursing. I'm going to school for nursing. I'm surrounded around kids that I'm going to be in school with for the next five years. I've already had two years with them. I have at least three more with them. Those are my spheres of influence. I'm around them all day, every day. I have a chance for the next three years or more to be able to talk to them about Jesus Christ. That's my sphere. I love music. Um, I'm taking a guitar class at college. When I come in contact with other kids who like music and like guitar, that's already a plus because we have that commonality. Now, since I have that bond of music with them, it opens up doors for me to talk about Jesus to them. And all of you have spheres of influence. You all have things that you're good at. You all have things that you enjoy. And the places in your life that you enjoy things, those are open doors for you to be able to talk to people who also enjoy those same things that you do. Your schools, you're around the same people for 12 years. 12 straight years from kindergarten through 12th grade, you're around the same people for 12 years. Some people move on, some people stay, whatever it is. But through those 12 years, your friends are going to change. But you're 12 years, that's a long time to be around the same people. A lot of opportunities can come out of that. Um, 
The only problem comes in is when you don't know what to do with that opportunity that you have. When you don't know what to say when the opportunity arises for you to talk about Jesus Christ. Um, in order to make a disciple, you have to live like a disciple. Um, the book of Acts is filled with stories about the disciples after Jesus died and rose again and then ascended into heaven. The disciples gave a verbal testimony to everyone, everyone they came in contact with about the good news of Jesus Christ. The disciples were also filled with the Holy Spirit and gave the Holy Spirit control of their words. Um, how do we communicate what Christ has done? The same way the disciples did. The disciples gave a personal testimony of what Jesus had done in their lives and what Jesus could do in their lives. The whole, the whole book of Acts is filled with people after Jesus left. The whole book is just filled of what the disciples did after Jesus left. And it's just filled of stories of times that they came in contact with people. Times when they stood in front of an entire city and just spoke about Jesus. When they just told their personal testimony. So what I wanted to challenge you to do is know what Christ did in your life personally. Because no one's testimony is going to be more powerful than yours. When you're talking to people that you have things in common with, if, you, if you're only going to talk about, um, well, this is what happened in the Bible. Yes, you need to know what happened in the Bible. But you also need to know what Jesus has done in your life. Um, that breaks down a lot of walls. It shows people that you're human and that you needed Jesus too. Um, I've had a lot of opportunities to share my personal testimony with people, and every time I get the chance to, um, it scares me because I'm afraid of the judgment that's going to come for the person that I used to be and what are they going to think of me. But at the same time, I've seen it build so many amazing friendships with people and open up so many doors to be able to talk to people because they see I'm human. I messed up, and I needed Jesus too, and I still need him daily. And by showing someone that, it makes Christianity real. It makes Christianity like maybe they can do it too. Maybe Jesus can save them from their sins too. Um, take some time to write your testimony down. Um, if you can write down your testimony, write it all out, every detail of it, from the, from the very moment that you said you hated God to the very moment that you accepted him as your Savior to where you are now, write it all down, okay? And then after you have it all written down, narrow it down to three minutes. Because when you're talking to someone, you're going to keep their attention in three minutes' time. If you can tell them what Jesus Christ has done in your life in three minutes or under, you're going to have a good story to tell. So when you're, going your, when you're going through your testimony, pick out the big things God did in your life. Pick out the amazing things that he did, the amazing changes that he made in your life, and use them. Those are resources right there. The things that God has done in your life are resources and tools for you to use to share with somebody else. Nothing is more powerful than your own personal testimony. Um, number two, be able to explain what Christ did for all mankind. Um, memorize um, key scripture verses that explain the gospel. Um, I have this over here. I'm going to bring it up here. This is a nifty little tool we've used today. Okay, I'm going to go through it with you guys. The scripture verse is... Um, I didn't even write it down. Romans 6.23. And it says, the actual scripture verse is, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, so I want to look at, I want you to look at this. In my book, it looks a lot different because they break it down. I just wanted to write it all up here so I could go through it with you guys. First, I want you to look at wages. Wages are something that you earn. Um, compensation for your work. Whatever you put work into is what you're going to get a return on. Um, that's how it works in all areas of life. If you have a job, whatever it is, um, the wages of sin 
um, the wages of something you earn. The wages of sin is death. Sin is defined as falling short of an intended target or mark. Basically, it's selfishness. You're falling short of whatever you were intended to do. Sin in our lives is when we fall short of what God planned for us to do, who God planned for us to be. That's sin. Any year in your life where you fall short, that's sin. Um, and since um, the wages of sin is death. Um, death is a condition of being disconnected from a life of God. Um, so if you sin, your wage is death. That's what you earn. For sinning, the wage you earn, the money that, if you think about it in a job, for the work you do, you earn a return. If you sin, you're earning death. Terrible. That's terrible to think about. Um, it's the truth. People don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. Um, but there's an amazing part. There's a whole other half to the scripture verse. Um, the gift. The gift is something given freely by one person to another. It's like if I give you something and it's a gift, I don't expect you to give it back. I don't expect anything in return. I'm just giving it to you freely. Um, God, he's the ultimate giver of gifts. He has so many gifts, and um, the greatest one is eternal life. Um, God's gift to us was perfect and sacrificial and forgiving. His gift is forgiveness. Um, and obviously, our gift is eternal life. And this cross right here represents so much. It's Jesus. Jesus fills the gap. Jesus is the butt <laughs> in what I'm saying here. Um, in here, you see the butt? Jesus fills this gap. If you're looking at this as like two um, pieces of land, and you're over here and you don't know how to get over here, you have to get the bridge. You have to get on the bridge. And Jesus is the bridge. He, he fills that gap. Um, this right here is an incredible way to share the gospel. It's simple. Very, very simple. When you sin, you earn death. But God has a gift for you. It's eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's it. That's so simple. That's the gospel. That's all you have to know. Right there, plain and simple. Because of Jesus Christ, God can give you the gift of eternal life. That's all you have to know. Memorize Romans 6.23 and you'll be able to witness for the rest of your life. You'll be able to tell someone about what Jesus did for them for the rest of your life because you know the keys. Those are the keys. That's the gospel summed up in like 10 words. That's the gospel. Um, this can provide amazing opportunities um, just knowing what the gospel is. You're going to come in contact with a lot of people who have a lot of really strange religious philosophies, really strange ideas about God, about the universe, about how we interact with the universe. And a lot of that, when you're trying to witness to someone, can cloud your vision, can cloud what you're trying to say to them, because it's so much. It's so much to take. It's complicated. It doesn't make sense. And what you have to offer them is simple. Like Gina was talking about, it takes a childlike faith to understand who Jesus is. It takes ten words to understand who he is and what he's done. And if you can explain this, if you can communicate this to someone, it can change their world. Because we're all this clouded confusion of religion and God and the universe and waves and weird things are what they're perceiving as eternity. You can show them what eternity really is. You can change their perspective. You can change their life. Um, 
the sad news is not everyone wants to accept Christ when you're witnessing to them. Um, I can say personally, I've never had an experience where I've walked up to someone, told them the gospel message, and immediately afterwards led them to Jesus Christ. It's never happened for me. Maybe it has happened out there that someone was ready to receive that moment. But in the different encounters that I've had in witnessing to people, I've never had where I told someone about Jesus Christ and they accepted who he was. Normally it's a seed that I'm planting or it's something that somebody else has already planted and I just get to talk to him about it and see that seed develop, watch them grow and understand who Jesus is. And then um, I have seen a lot of people come to know Christ through CYM and through Steadfast. And, um, but it's a process. Don't get discouraged. The thing that you have to expect is rejection. You have to learn to accept rejection and almost embrace it to the point where you like it, to the point where you're okay with it. Um, when it comes to witnessing, when it comes to saying something about Jesus Christ, okay, saying the name of Jesus is so powerful, and Jesus and people hate it. People hate when you say Jesus. You can get in a conversation about God, about religion, about politics, anything, but when you say the name of Jesus, people get terrified. People will say things that they don't even, they don't even make sense in their own heads. They're just saying them because it's their defense. They don't know what else to say. And um, a lot of times, you just have to know that that rejection is going to come. Rejection is expected when you're witnessing. Christ was rejected. Um, as his followers, we have to be able to take on that rejection as well. Um, I know that's really hard because as humans, we want to be accepted. We want people to like us. We want people to be our friends. We want them to love us. And the sad truth of it all is, if you're a Christian, you're going to get rejected. Not once, not twice, but you're going to get rejected the rest of your life. Um, The good news is, there's a few people out there who will accept Christ. There are moments where you'll go through, like, a couple weeks at a time where you witness to people and no one seems to get it, no one listens, you feel like you're not really communicating very well, or people aren't really getting what you're saying. And then you come into a service and you see someone accept Christ for the first time, and it changes, it makes it all worth it. Because maybe that person wasn't the one that you witnessed to, but you know that somewhere out there, the person that you did witness to is going to have an experience like this someday. And that's what makes it worth it. It makes it worth it to know that all the hard effort and all the hard work you're going to put in is going to pay off. Okay, so this is your tool. This right here is the gospel. Memorize this, okay? So first I want you to write down your... Um, testimony and get it under three minutes. That is an amazing resource. Right here, understanding this scripture verse, there are tons of other scripture verses in the Bible. Look them up. Read them for yourself. Understand them for yourself. This is just one that really hits and you can use the bridging the gap thing um, over and over again. This is your second tool. Um, The third tool is um, when someone is ready to accept Christ as their Savior, a lot of times um, we kind of go through this up at the altars when we pray with someone or if you pray with someone outside or whenever you're even talking about um, getting saved, um, it's really simple. It's three things. The ABCs of salvation. Um, Admit, believe, and confess. Um, First, when you're talking to someone, you need to let them know that they need to admit that they're a sinner. I mean, all of us have done this. If you're saved, you've done this. You know what you had to go through to to, um, receive Christ. It wasn't that hard. It's just three simple steps. Admit that you're a sinner. Everyone has done things that displeases God. He says no sin can enter heaven. Something must be done to get rid of your sin. Plain and simple. You just admit that you're a sinner. Um, There's a few scripture verses I have listed on here that you can look up later on um, and do some research on. 
The letter B is believe. Believe Jesus died for you on the cross. Um, God gives you, or God loves you and wants you to become his child. He loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to shed his blood to save you from your sins. He took your place on the cross and suffered the punishment you deserve. Believe that he died for you, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Um, again, there's more scripture verses there. And C is confess. Confess your sins to God and turn from them. Ask Jesus to save you from the punishment you deserve for your sins. Trust in him as your savior from sin. So um, basically, if you can remember these, admit, believe, and confess. Whenever you're leading someone to Christ, if you can walk them through those three steps that they need to admit that they're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ um, was the son of God, that he died for their sins, that he um, was resurrected, and that he forgives them for their sins today, and that they confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that's it. That's what we all went through to get saved. That's all anyone else has to go through to, in accepting the salvation process. Um, the only bad news about all this is that's just making a convert. You haven't got to the point where you're making a disciple yet. That's to the point where you've witnessed to someone, you've told them about Jesus, you've been rejected, then maybe finally someone accepts Christ. And all that work all those years of work, whatever it took for that person to get saved, that's just a convert. There's so much more to go. Um, we're all on lifelong journeys of becoming disciples ourselves. So um, we have to keep in mind that we have to have patience with someone. The day they get saved, they're not going to be at the same level you are. Um, in fact, it's going to take a while for them to become a true disciple, to really understand what it means to be a disciple, to live out their faith. Um, this is just getting forgiveness of their sins. This is getting their name written down in the, life, the Lamb's Book of Life. But um, there's more to it than that. There's more to being a Christian. There's more to being a follower of Christ. And really to fulfill the commandment that Jesus gave us to make disciples, we can't stop there. Um, this year, inReach. That's where inReach comes in. It's um, a chance for you to make connections so that when people do come in here, they can hear what it means to be a disciple, and they can see people living as disciples. They can see you and the way that you treat them and the way that you love them as being a disciple. And by based off those examples that they see here and off the messages that Debs gives them about being a disciple, they can actually become one. Um, so you're, you're, the very fourth key is plugging them into CYM or a church. If they're not CYM age, plugging them into a church. Um, you can't just leave someone hanging. They need nourishment. They need development. They need to understand who Jesus is. You need to plug them into a place where they can get that. Um, a lot of times, discipleship is a lifelong process for yourself and for them, and it's, it's almost too much for you to take on discipling someone on your own. Um, you need people around you. They need, people, they need more than one person. They need numerous people around them being examples of, of what a Christian really is. So you need to plug them into a place where they can... Um, hear what it means to be a disciple and see what it means to be a disciple. Um, that's your job. Um, after all that, and probably after about four years of seeing them fail and get back up and try again and fail and get back up and try again and all that, after that you probably completed your task of making a disciple and you can start all over again. <laughs> um, it's, it's a process. It's an ongoing process that's going to last the rest of your life. You are constantly going to be in the works of making disciples. That's what our calling is. Um, get used to it now. Understand what it takes now, because if you can get it now, and you can start making disciples now, can you imagine the number of people you could make disciples of by the time you're gone, by the time that you die? Um, this is not just information for CYM. This is not just 
something that we want you to do for CYM. This is something we want you to do for the rest of your lives. You are going to have opportunities for the rest of your lives to make an impact in people. Um, and these right here are just resources and tools that you can use. Um, sharing your faith can be really scary. Um, obviously, like we talked about, you're going to face rejection. Um, but the good news is Jesus promised that he would be with you every step of the way, even until the end of the world. Um, Jesus starts with a command and he ends with a promise. He commands you to live in obedience and make disciples, but he doesn't just leave you hanging. He promises that he'll be with you every step of the way. He's never going to leave you. Um, when you get into a conversation with someone and you don't know how to answer one of their questions or you don't know what to say, that's okay. Jesus is with you. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you the words. He's with you. You don't have to be afraid of those moments. You don't have to, you don't have to psych yourself out about getting into a conversation with someone about Jesus if you, because you think you don't know enough because he'll give you the words to say. Know the basics. Know what Jesus did in your life. Know what Jesus can do in their life. And then tell them about it. That's all it takes. You don't have to make it complex. You don't have to make it a heavy burden. It is one of the most exciting things to get into a conversation with someone about Jesus Christ. I was at um, school last year, walking through the halls, and um, it was later in the day. I think I got out. It was like a 4 o'clock class that I had just gotten out of. I'm walking through the counseling center, and I felt like Jesus was telling me, you need to tell someone about me today before you leave school. That's what I felt like he was telling me. I'm like, okay. Looking around, there's no one. The school is just dead. There's not anyone in the school to be seen. So I'm like walking. I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is going to be kind of hard. There's no one here. I'm like, did I really hear Jesus tell, do I really, is that really what God wants me to do? Like, is that just me crazily thinking, like putting too much pressure on myself, thinking I have to do this? Um, as I'm walking out in the parking lot, I'm like, I still don't see anyone. There's no one around. And I look to my right, and there's a kid sitting on a table reading a book. I'm like, well, he must be it. So I walk up to him, and I sit down, and I, I just ask him, I'm like, has anyone ever told you about Jesus Christ? He's like, no, what, no? So I'm like, can I tell you about it? He's like, I, I guess. Like, what are they going to say? No. <laughs> okay, then you just get up and walk away. But he's like, I guess. So I told him about Jesus Christ. I told him what Jesus had done in my life, what Jesus um, did for all mankind, and what Jesus can do in his life. And he's like, okay. And I said, have a nice day, and I walked away. I've never seen the kid since. Have no idea what happened with that conversation, why God wanted me to tell him that. Well, I mean, I know why I needed to tell him that. Everyone needs to know that. I don't know why at that moment, why in that instance. I don't know if that was for me, for God to, like, see how obedient I was going to be to him, or if it was really for that kid because he, maybe he was in a place in his life where he really needed to hear it. I don't know. I'm never going to know. I'm never going to know the effects of that day when I stopped and talked to that kid. It didn't take any time out of my day. It took maybe five minutes, ten minutes. It didn't really hurt any. I mean, I got really nervous and felt like I was going to puke, which is normal for me, if any of you know me. Um, but it was like, okay. So I did it, and I walked away, and the only thing that I'm left with is an experience, and he's left with knowing who Jesus Christ is. Um, I've had times... Um, where I was at work trying to witness to these kids that I worked with, and they were pounding me, nailing me with questions. So is this person going to hell because they sin? Yes. When they ask you questions like that, you have to be honest. If they're living in sin, then yes. If they don't have forgiveness of their sin, then yes. These kids got really angry at me. In fact, that was the day they started hating me, and they still hate me now. 
I see them and I know they hate me. I see their faces and they still hate me. I wasn't being mean. I was being real. They were asking me the questions. I wasn't pounding it. I wasn't saying you're going to hell for your sin. They asked me, am I going to hell because I'm a sinner? Yeah. Um, does it matter? No. It's the truth. They need to hear it. People need to hear the truth. The only way they're going to hear the truth is if you tell them. They're not going to hear the truth on TV. Have you ever heard the truth on TV? I haven't. I mean, maybe a televangelist. Who, how many of your kids you, that you're friends with watch televangelist? None of them. Um, it's your job. Don't leave it up to somebody else to invite them to see why I am. Don't leave it up to somebody else to tell them what Jesus has done for them because your moment will pass, your opportunity will pass, and you won't be able to do it. Their opportunity is gone. There were a lot of times in high school that I could have taken the time to witness to someone. I could have taken the time to tell them about Jesus Christ. There are plenty of times every day that I get too busy and I don't tell someone about Jesus Christ, and I could, and it could affect, affect them for all eternity. And instead, I go on with my busyness, and they go on their trail to hell. Now, I know we're all busy, and we all have things going on, and we're going to miss opportunities every day. Um, not every opportunity is yours, but make the most of every opportunity that you get. Seek after the Holy Spirit to guide your steps. The other day, I was at school. I just walked in. I was debating whether or not to go to the library and do my homework or to go and hang out in the cafeteria. Well, I'm a procrastinator, so obviously my answer was, well, I'm going to go to the cafeteria and hang out with people. Why wouldn't I want to do that? That sounds like so much fun. So I walked down in the cafeteria, and there's this um, girl that I know from campus. She's a Christian. I don't know how much of a Christian she is, where she's at with her faith, how serious she is, or anything like that. Anyways, I saw her, and I waved to her, and... Um, walked up to her table to have a, to see what they were talking about, joining the conversation, and her first words to me were, I don't think you want to come over here and join this conversation. I'm like, why? What's it about? She's like, God. I'm like, well, of course I want to join in on that. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I sit down, and the girl that we were talking to, she was, um, she was into Wicca, and um, she had a lot of questions. She has a history with um, a, a Christian church, and she has a lot of hate for the Christian church. And this girl that I, the reason why that girl said that to me was because she didn't know how to answer the questions that this girl had asked. She didn't know how to respond. And so out of fear, she was just like, you don't even want to be here. Well, I sat down and I talked to this girl, and I didn't have any, every answer for her. I didn't know every answer for what she believes. I only know what I believe. And I could only answer for what I know I believe and what I know is true. Anyways, we walk away from that conversation to go to class. And the other girl, the other Christian girl, she starts breaking down, sobbing, crying, and like hugging me. And was like, I'm so glad you came over. I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't have known what to say. I didn't know what to do. And I'm, I'm a crappy Christian. And she's going on and on and on. And I'm like, calm down. Calm down. You just need to know what you believe. You don't have to know what they believe. You don't have to know all the weird things of this world. You just need to know what you believe. Be firm in what you believe. Preach what you believe. That's all that matters. Believe what you believe. That's it. That's all I got for you. Um, I hope you guys got something out of all that talked a lot. I don't even know how much time I went. Probably way over. But um, anyways, I want to encourage you, do the homework assignments. Um, they're not homework assignments like you need to turn them in next week. They're things that you can carry throughout the rest of your life. They're things that are tools and resources that you can use for the rest of your life. So, one, um, know your personal testimony. Number two, memorize scripture verses about the gospel so that you can share them with others. Three, when someone is ready to accept Christ as their Savior, know the ABCs of salvation to walk them through it. And four, be ready to um, plug them in somewhere so that they can get discipled. Um, 
Next up is Deb. She's going to be talking about boldness, which is so exciting. We all need more boldness because we're all wimps <laughs> when it comes to sharing about our faith. So Deb's going to um, talk to us about boldness. Um, so you guys have a 10-minute break.